Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. I'm your host, Attorney Tim Seckler, uh, and today we're going to be talking about getting it done, getting it off the back burner, getting your planning done, taking responsibility for yourself, your lives, your family, your your savings, and making sure you have a plan for uh, for life's twists and turns. You know, we can't prevent if we're going to have a, an accident. We can't prevent if we get sick. But we can understand what happens with our with our family, what happens with our savings, what happens um, in making sure that our family, our kids, our spouses are uh, are okay. Um, and you know, this is a tough conversation, but I'm looking forward to having it with you. For those of you who have not heard of us before, haven't heard the show before, my name is Tim Seckler. I own the Seckler Law Firm. We are your family's partner. In all things elder law, estate planning, wills, trusts, powers of attorney document, post-death administration work, my law firm is headquartered in Mars, Pennsylvania, but we have offices across western Pennsylvania. We're here to help you. Uh, you can reach us anytime at 724-841-1393 or find more information at my website, secularlawfirm.com. That's spelled S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. So today we're talking about the uh, the importance of doing something, of, of making a plan, of taking action, and we're going to talk about the importance of not only doing it but doing it correctly. Um, you know, how many times I sit down with new families who are engaging our law firm uh, to do some work for them, and I hear things like, we have been thinking about getting these wills for years. You know, we we talked about it, we scheduled, we rescheduled. We put it off, you know, or I meet families that haven't done wills since the kids were little and now they're retirees and the people named throughout the documents aren't even alive anymore. You know, people people put this stuff off, but it it's incredibly important. You, you can't put it off um, because you never know. You never know when life's going to throw you a curveball. You never know when you're going to get sick. You never know when you're going to pass away. You know, I have this, uh, I have this friend in he uh a couple of years ago he had his first child and I reached out to him I said you know if you haven't done it yet um you know maybe we ought to talk about doing a uh doing a will for you and for your wife you've got this little guy around here you need to name guardians um and he uh he says no I don't I don't really want to talk about that that's uh that's morbid he used the word morbid well yeah, it's morbid. You know, I, I uh, that's that's kind of the point here is that we are not invincible. We are all going to eventually pass away. Uh, that's outside of our control. Uh, I guess we have some control over when that's going to be. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. Um, but we can't change the fact that life is going to throw some curveballs at us. Life is going to throw some twists and turns, um, and and that's just the way that it works. But what we can do is we can be prepared for it. We can make sure that if I get sick, my spouse is okay. I can make sure that if I get sick, my kids who are still little get college. I can make sure that my wife doesn't lose our home. I can take steps to make sure that that all works out. Um, but it takes some action. 
and and people don't like to think about this stuff. It, it, they don't like to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about life after them. Nobody wants to talk about losing a spouse. Nobody wants to talk about if I'm not here, where are my kids going to go? Nobody wants to talk about if I go to the nursing home, is my wife going to lose our home? No one wants to talk about it, but that's kind of the point of taking responsibility. Sometimes when we take responsibility, we have to do some things that we don't enjoy, we don't want to think about, we don't want to talk about, but we know we have to. Uh, and and I was able to say to my my dear friend, who yeah, we've known each other for 30 years, um, when he told me he didn't want to do, do it, he didn't want to think about it because it's morbid, I, I had the ability to say him, to him, hey, look, you're a dad now. You don't get to choose what you think about sometimes. You don't get to choose what you do sometimes. There's more importance to what you want to do and what you want to think about. And yeah, you need to get this done. It's not an option. Don't leave your little guy's future to chance. Plan for it. Um, and so, you know, you've got to do uh, some planning, but people don't. There, there's um, studies out there that you can look up and you can search, but, uh, you know, I've found a study not too long ago that said something like 42% of adults, only 42% of adults have estate planning, which means the majority of people, adults, do not even have a basic will or a living trust. Um, and for those um, with kids, underage kids, kids under the age of 18, the, the percentage is even lower, something like only a third, or I think it might have been 36% of people with children even have an end-of-life plan in place. And, you know, it occurs to me that young people think that they're invisible, in, in, invincible, rather. Uh, and, you know, it's not going to happen to me. That only happens to the other people. And, and you know, it, it just, it's it's a challenge to get people to move and, and take action. It's something I'll do one day. Or, or, or even worse, you know, they end up going online and creating some document that doesn't make any sense for them, uh, but they think they've accomplished something. You know, one of the things that, that is, a, is a pretty big misunderstanding that people have is, especially married people, you know, if you think about your will, if you think about doing a will or doing a trust, all you're really doing is creating a rule book for what happens in a certain event. What happens with my stuff? What happens with my decision-making if I get sick? What happens with my stuff? Who's making the decisions if I pass away? All we're doing is really managing control and access for those times when we can't do it later, right? Um, and a lot of people fail to make this rule book, right? So, but if you don't have a rule book, it doesn't prevent the curveball. Uh, all it means is you're stuck with the state's rule book. See, if you don't do any planning, the state of Pennsylvania has a rule book for you or wherever you're listening to this. They have a rule book for you. Uh, it just might not say what you want it to do. You know, a lot of my clients assume that if they pass away, everything just goes to their wife but but that's or to their husband. But that's not how it works, especially if you have kids. Uh, if you have kids, what the state's rule book says is that your spouse gets the first $30,000 of your probate estate, and then he or she has to split the remaining assets with the kids. But that's not what most folks want to have happen. Most folks want it to go all to their spouse. And if that's what you want, then you have to create your own rule book. You have to create an estate plan. Now, what does the rule book say? What does it, what does it consist of? Well, that's up to you. You know, you've got to do some homework. 
at, at the secular law firm, we provide all kind of educational opportunities. We have live, almost weekly live workshops you can come to. Ask me any questions you want. Uh, I present what I think is some pretty good material for you to, to make some decisions. If uh, you don't want to come to one of the workshops, you can find pre-recorded videos on my website under the workshops tab. I have a new um, estate planning course that is designed for younger families that, that may not have as complex of estate planning needs as, say, you know, retirees who have, have saved for 50 years. But the point is you got to do some education. You've got to think about what are my options, understand your options, then make a decision. So many people uh, decide, okay, I need to do a will, and they, they see the, the commercials on the TV that you can print off your will online for real cheap. But here's the thing. You know, people ask me what I think about those documents, the, the do-it-yourselfers online. And, you know, my answer is, well, look, it's a tool. If you hit print, you're going to get a document. You're going to get a tool. But the will, the trust, the power of attorney, whatever the, the tool is, um, you know, it still needs somebody that knows how to use it. Like if I drive my, my vehicle into the garage, I'm not a car guy. Like I like cars as much as the next guy. I particularly like it when they run, but I don't know how to make them run. But if I pull my car into the garage and, and um, the guy's got tools hanging off of the wall and there's air hoses and he's got the oil sitting in the corner, he's got everything you need to make a car run. If I pull my car in there, just because the tools are handy doesn't mean the car is going to run. I don't know what to do with them, right? And it's the same thing when people print off these documents off the Internet. So you get a power of attorney off the Internet. One, is it the right power of attorney? Does it say what you need it to say? But then once you have it, do you even know what to do with it? You know, I had a, I think I've shared this story on the show before, but one of the very first estates that I administered, which is, you know, the work that we do after someone has passed away, the will had a provision in it that left life insurance to one sister. The will said, I leave my life insurance to sister A. But the life insurance company had on their file a beneficiary form that didn't send the money to the estate subject to the will. It sent the money to sister B, right? So the person who had done the will later in time thought the money was going to sister A, but the insurance company paid the money to sister B, because the person who passed away didn't know how to use the tool. They downloaded something off the Internet. They thought they did it right. They didn't do it right, and the wrong person ended up getting the money. But that's that's just one example of a mistake. Another example of a mistake is it's very common for people to print revocable living trusts off of the Internet. You know, you can buy this package where you print off your revocable living trust. There's a lady that likes to talk about it on TV all the time about how, you know, you can do it yourself in a revocable living trust, but I haven't seen a, a self-completed revocable living trust done you know, correctly yet. I've reviewed dozens of them. Not one of them was done correctly. Because even if you have the document, doesn't mean it, it owns anything. So I had I actually had a nice lady come in this week that had a self-prepared revocable living trust and uh, and never put anything in it. Never put her house in it. Never put her bank account in it. And I said, well, what does this trust own? And she said to me, trust can own things? And I said, my goodness, you don't even know what you have here. She thought she had a screwdriver. She had a hammer. Not only did she not know how to use the tool, she had the wrong tool. And, you know, I, uh, and, and I'm going to hopefully help her work that out and, and, and do good things. She's a nice person, but somebody got her. Somebody told her, 
you know, just give us this few dollars here. You'll have your revocable living trust. Don't go see the lawyer. Good for her. She thought better of about it. it. It took her a few years, but she's she's got this this what purports to be an estate plan that's not doing anything for her. And and I guess the point is um, that you know, all right. Let's say you've you've decided that I've got to do something. You know, I've been listening to this guy on the radio. He's got me talked into doing something. Well, I don't think the answer is is going to the internet and uh, and printing something off that may or may not work correctly, right? I mean, you still need somebody who um, who knows how to sort of uh, direct traffic, and that's even if you if you do the planning in the first in the first place. Um, there's something like 42% of, of adults in the U.S. don't even have a will or a living trust. Um, so mo- only 40, I'm sorry, only 42% do. So almost 60% of, of adults haven't done any planning at all, right? I don't think that those 60% of the people, you know, don't have families or don't have kids or don't have things or don't have, uh, you know, things to worry about. Of course they do. Some of them do anyhow, and and they're not planning for it. You know, I, I saw... Another thing that we'll sort of spot check, especially for for younger families, and and please understand, I don't do financial services. I don't sell products. I don't sell investments. I don't sell life insurance. I don't make a dime off of any of that. Um, But we talk about it an awful lot, you know. And I, it's very common for me to meet, in particular, you know, one of the times that families do come out and do a will is when they have a young child. We've got our first child, or we've got a couple of these little guys. We we know that we need to name uh, guardians for the kids. And so, you know, we're here to, to set up our will. And then I look at the will, and the only thing they have by way of life insurance is is their company-sponsored plan that's like one year of their salary, right? And I've had to look across the table to a lot of people and say, hey, look, you need you need to do more here. Um, if you would pass away, which is really why we're here and what we're talking about, you need some more life insurance. I, I'm a big believer in life insurance. There's a number of different ways to do life insurance. Again, I don't sell it. But, you know, if you look at some of these studies, there's a study out there that is is quoted pretty often that says it takes like $230,000 for a middle-class family uh, living in suburbia to get their kid from age 0 to age 17, 230 grand, right? A lot of these families that I see have two, three kids, right? So so you're talking about, you know, $230,000 times the number of kids just to get them to 17, and then... College is another thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. So if you have the intention of paying for your kids' college, you know, and that's just a life insurance need for your kids. Don't forget about your spouse. You pass away. Um, your spouse is currently relying on your salary if you're working, and if you're not there anymore, there goes the salary. Can your can your spouse double what they're making? Can they replace your income for the next twenty, thirty, forty years? Uh, to give the standard of living that you guys have grown accustomed to? And the answer is no. The answer is no. Nobody can double and triple their income overnight while raising kids on their own. It, it doesn't happen that way, right? So we need to insure this risk. You've got to have life insurance. But here's the thing about the life insurance. All life insurance provides is money. But we as parents provide way more than just money to our kids. I don't just get home from work at the end of the day and put cash on the table. That's that's not how parenting works. We we provide morals, we provide guidance, we provide values, we help with homework, we we do all kind of things to support these little guys uh and and hopefully turn them into to good people that are better people than we are and and go out and and do great things in the world, right? Cash doesn't get that done. Cash helps. 
but cash doesn't get that done. So when we're working on an estate plan, yeah, you've got to fund this plan. You're going to have to have some life insurance. But let's talk about um, access to this money. Who's in control? Who gets to the money? In under what circumstances? Who who's got the pen to the checkbook? You know, one of the things that uh, my wife and I have decided to plan for is remarriage. You know, if if I pass away, my wife is young, and I expect at some point she might remarry. Right? Good. I I want her to be happy. I trust her. I trust her to raise the kids. But I tell you what, I don't trust her next husband. Right, And so with the life insurance I've purchased for my family, some of it goes to my wife. She's going to be just fine. Right, Some of it goes to a trust that I've set up for the benefit of my kids. And my brother uh, is the trustee on that trust. He's got the pen to the checkbook on some of these dollars. Because, again, while I trust my wife, I don't trust my wife's next husband, who might divorce my wife at some point in time in the future. And I'm not going to let my kids' well-being be subject to risks like that, let alone the fact that my wife might be disabled in the, in the same accident as me and all the rest. So some of this money ends up in a trust. My brother, who happens to be in, in law enforcement, is not going to put up with some bozo who's trying to rip off, uh, rip off my wife. But to me, that's just practical planning, and it's planning that makes some sense. Um, but I don't know how you would make those decisions with a document on the Internet, right? So you have to go out and get the education. So check us out, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. On the website, you're going to find uh, a lot of information about our firm, about us, about me. But there's a tab there called the Workshops tab. So if you click on the Workshops tab, you will find the ability to to register yourself for one of our upcoming live in-person workshops. We had to shut them down for a few months, but we're up and at it again. Um, and uh, we take precautions to keep you safe. we got plastic tables in a big old room spread out. We wipe down everything. Uh, we wear masks. We have hand sanitizer on every table, um, and, um, and everybody's pretty well separated. But we, uh, we then present this information. You know, here's, a couple of, here's, here's a little bit on how to use these tools. Here's the tools. Here's where they make sense. Here's where sometimes they don't make sense. And then go home and think about it. At the end of the workshop, we offer you a free consultation. You can come back and chat with me. Uh, and we'll uh, and we'll end up getting you set up, and you make whatever decision you want. You know, if you want a will, if you want to trust, fine. Uh, if you don't want to hire us, that's fine too. But I'd rather you make the decision to not take action after you understand the consequences of that decision. So come on and get the education. Um, younger families, if you're listening, you know I've been talking in this episode an awful lot about. Um, about planning for little kids. Um, go on to the workshops tab and you will find the estate planning course there. There's an estate planning uh, workshop, estate planning course that's kind of designed for young families and, and we indicate as such on on the website. But what this thing does is you click through uh, a series of videos that is me teaching you about um, how to, to set up your family, some different options for you. And then you can kind of put in your information um, into uh, the site, and then we have a free call with me afterward, right? Uh, and then after that call, and after you've done, you know, some thinking, and you've watched the videos, and you've become educated, and then we have a thirty-minute Zoom call or phone call together. Now we've probably gotten to a point where we can probably make some decisions on this estate plan and move forward. Um, but you can take those first couple of steps without taking time off of work. You can do it in the evening. You can, you know, skip one night of Netflix. Watch the estate planning course you can find on my estate plan, and take you know take the big step toward getting your estate plan complete. At the end of the at the end of that class, you're going to have 
uh, probably 75% of the answers you need and the decisions you need to make to get your will plan set up. And, and then we just need to have a call to connect the dots to make sure you're using the tool correctly. See, this has kind of been my take here. Um, we've created this system, this technology, to better help my law firm provide services to you. But the, the problem with the online document systems is they tried to they tried to eliminate the mechanic, right? So they put out these tools, but nobody knows how to use them. So what we're trying to do is make your your, your access to these tools easy, but also make sure that you get that guidance, that nudge in the right direction or away from the bad stuff. Make sure that we get trust funded. Make sure that um, you, you, you use your will correctly. Make sure that you do it correctly and connect the wires on the back end so that the estate planning actually works when you need it to rather than just feeling good about having uh, printed off and signed some document. Um, you are listening to The Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. My name is Tim Seckler. Our office is up in Mars, but we serve uh, sort of the western Pennsylvania community. Anymore after COVID, we are doing a lot of our work over Zoom and over the phone, and so we are not as uh, limited geographically as we used to be with how we're able to serve uh, families. And so I look forward to chatting with you. If you've got questions, you know, we hold uh, free consultations after you do the workshop um, and, and my goal in doing that is to get you the education you need so that you can make the decisions, um, the decisions you want to make. Um, I had um, a, a gentleman email me uh, a question or two after our last show, and he was asking um, about how to protect assets from the nursing home. He, um, he was actually concerned about his parent that is already in the nursing home. And they're going through uh, about $10,000 a month trying to pay for, I think it was his mom's nursing home stay. Uh, and here's the thing. If we have a good power of attorney, you know, in this situation, this, this child that I'm talking to is the power of attorney. If the document is good and it actually authorizes him to move money and take some steps here, it's, it's not uncommon for our law firm to be able to help a family protect 50, maybe 60% of the assets even after somebody's in the nursing home. Very case-specific, but if you currently have someone in the nursing home and you're paying privately, maybe somebody's about to go into the nursing home, maybe somebody had a fall in there in, here, in the nursing home for rehab currently, um, but we're not sure we're going to be able to bring mom home. Um, these are situations where I really enjoy helping families because families think they're out of options. They know about this five-year look-back period. They know that there's a lot of pitfalls and in, in doing asset protection work at that point. Um, and they think, well, now that my dad's in the nursing home, there's really nothing I can do about it. Uh, and, and that really is not the truth. There's still a lot of steps we can take to help protect assets, especially in married cases. Uh, we can do even better sometimes than 50 or 60 percent. We can protect some real money. Um, but you gotta you got to get in here. you got to come and talk to, to an elder law attorney who can analyze the situation, provide you with, okay, here's option one, here's option two, here's option three, because the stuff you're going to read online or that you're going to hear from your neighbor about, Nursing home planning, man, I, I tell you, nursing home planning is extremely complicated work. Um, it's enjoyable work. It's gratifying work. I really enjoy helping um, helping my senior clients protect their homes uh, and, and their money. But it is, it is complicated. So I, I suppose uh, to the gentleman that asked the question, what I would leave you with is um, 
we offer free consultations. If your mom is in a nursing home, if your dad is in a nursing home, heck, if you're in a nursing home and you happen to be listening to this show, um, give us a call. We're going to chat with you for free. We're going to try to figure out if we can help. Because if we can help, and, and oftentimes we can, if we can help, you know, there, there's the ability to save some real money for you or for your family. Uh, and, you know, I haven't met somebody yet that, that has told me that they'd rather the nursing home get the money than their kids. You know, if that's you, maybe you'd be the first, but, but most people would rather have their kids or their nephew or their family or their church or somebody get the money uh, as opposed to losing it to this, this crazy screwed up Medicaid system that we have that makes you go broke in the event you need the nursing home. But you got to take action. you got to get in here. you got to pick up the phone. Uh, you're losing 300 bucks a day until you do. So uh, give us a shout, and, and let's figure out if we can help. Um, you have been listening to the Life and Legacy Show. Remember, folks, this show is for education and entertainment. While I uh, talk about some lively legal topics, nothing in this show should be considered legal advice. I talk a lot in generalities. I give some examples, but your specific legal problem needs a specific legal solution. And you should hire a lawyer. If you need us, we're here. We're available to help, 724-841-1393, or visit us at secklerlawfirm.com. If you have uh, radio show suggestions, ideas for guests, legal questions, email me at radio at com. We'll answer you, uh, the questions next time. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll uh, check you out again next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.